Hello and welcome. You are tuned into another Sunday episode, Message Day, Life Giving Peace from Impact Fellowship. We hope that this message will bless you as they always do. So sit back, relax, and we'll see you when we're finished. Hey, welcome everybody to another beautiful Sunday at Impact Fellowship. We just thank you everybody for coming through with us, whether you're tuning in online or coming in, sitting in with us in the room. We just want to say thank you, God bless you, and welcome. Um, if we could all just stand together real quick as we uh, usher in the presence of God. Dear Heavenly Father Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for just this day that you brought us through, Lord God. We thank you, God, for carrying us through the week, Lord God, and all the things that might have been weighing on our minds, Lord God. You gave us the strength to push through, Lord God. We just want to say thank you thank for you. the blessings that you gave us, Lord yes, God. How, however big or small, Lord God, we forgot unintentionally that to thank you for the things, Lord God. Thank we just you, say Lord. thank you, Jesus, right now, Father God. So as we go forward with this church service, Lord God, we just want to welcome the safe travels for everyone on their way, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you, Lord God, for just opening up our minds and our hearts to see the blessings, things that you have for us, Lord yes, God. Lord. If we have done anything that has been uh, falling short in your sight, Lord God, we ask you one, Lord God, for your forgiveness and to not let it hinder us, Lord God, to hold us back from what you have for us for our future on this day. In your precious mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, it is so good to be here, and we do miss our pastor. But you know, God is amazing because he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, um, Kaz, if you have to come back next time, we're going to be Pastor Tommy, okay? <laughs> um, but he's, he's an amazing pastor. We're so blessed. And I, it's, you know, that we are here, it shows the love of, that God has for you, for this campus. He is, because God is, is using us and others on our campus. Praise the Lord. Um, to, to shine forth his light and to encourage all of his people where we are. And the word that God has given me is right in line with what Pastor Tony was preaching on last week about trust. His, his text was out of Isaiah, uh, the 26th chapter, and it says, you will keep, the verse was, if y'all probably remember, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And that is something God wants us to, to understand and believe, and it's amazing from week to week sometimes pastor Tony we have a totally different topic on a totally different issue but here guys give me a word again about trusting him and I remember when I was a young child and I was growing up and I was you know young teenager whatever in college and I was hearing words that I didn't some words I could apply right then and there things like forgiveness and so forth and some other things I didn't I didn't have the place to put that word or to apply that word yet but as I was hearing it, the word was being hidden in my heart so that later I would be able to apply that word. And so as God is teaching you to trust, perhaps now you feel like, oh, yeah, I trust God. It's good. I get it. But there's a there's a purpose why he's giving us this word to trust in him. Um, because we don't know what will come or go later. But we're going to stand on the word of God so that whatever comes, whatever winds blow, we will not be shaken. Praise God. So the word that the, the Lord is coming out of the book is it's up there. Mark chapter 9. Verses 14 through 29. You can turn to your phone or where you are. You could follow us um, on the screen behind me. And I'm going to start at verse 14. And it says, And when he came, this is talking about Jesus, and when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately, when they saw him, all the scribes were greatly amazed, and running to him, greeted him. 
And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit and whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, this is Jesus, answered him and said, O oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit that was inside the boy convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth, just like his father said he does. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. That means he wasn't a child anymore, because he's saying from childhood. So this is a, what, a teenager, maybe a grown son. He said, from childhood. And often... He has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and, went and said with tears, Lord, I believe help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Amen. We thank God for that, for that word. The, uh, the title that God has given me as I was putting this together is Trust in the Lord, it's a matter of life and death. Can you say that with me? Trust in the Lord. It's a matter of life and death. Here we have Jesus. He was going through the countryside, and he had um, been proclaiming the gospel. His ministry was three years long, and he was going and, and, and preaching, and, and people were being converted, and they were following him unto salvation. And he had this, this situation where this father um, has been dealing with this child for a while, from childhood. And I just think about imagining watching someone suffer um, for years and years and years with an issue, what that has to feel like. And someone you love, and you see them doing things that no one can control. Um, I imagine that they had to um, do a lot of things to keep them safe because the, uh, the father said the the spirit would, you know, drive the boy into the fire, drive him into the water, trying to destroy this boy. And so this father probably didn't get a whole lot of rest because he was constantly trying to um, take care of his son. And I think about, one of the things I think about is our, our faith in God, our walk in him, our trust in him, 
is not always for us. It might be for somebody else. We might have challenges that, well, I can live with this, I'm okay, it doesn't matter if I don't get that, blah, blah, blah. But if it's somebody happening to someone else, then we really care. So our trust, maybe we don't think we need to ask God to change certain situations because I'm good, but what he's trying to build in us might be so that, so that we can bring on somebody else, bring a difference in someone else's life. Um, a future child. When I was sitting in your seats as a college student, I, I didn't have children. But then I had children, and I had to believe for each one of them. It might be a future child that you're building your trust for. God is trying to grow you for a future uh, spouse, a future neighbor, a future coworker, a future professor. Maybe this semester they all seem great. <laughs> you might meet one that you're going to be praying for and trusting God for. And so God uh, is doing things not just for us, um, for my parents, when I was being shaped, my parents were everything. They kept us in church. Then as they got older and I was an adult, I had to trust God for my parents. And so you don't know what God is guiding us and, and where he's getting us to. It may not be just for us. There's a song. Um, anybody ever hear this song? Raise your hand if you've heard this song. Tis so, tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just today. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hymn. But it says, tis so sweet, and I was thinking, it is so necessary to trust in Jesus. It's not just sweet. It's like you have to. It's like a do or die. It's a matter of life and death to trust in Jesus. So it is so necessary to trust in Jesus. We have got to take him at his word. So many things fail around us, but we've got to take God at his word. We've got to rest upon his promise because if we try to rest in anything else like the degree or the, the job status or the wherever you live and things like that it's going to fail us but we have to take him at his word and to rest upon his promise to know um, what his word says to us so I thank God um, for the the impetus that he's inspiring us to trust and gave me six ways that uh, we want to develop our trust in him it's, it's believing and I'm going to expound on these a little bit more. Believing, praying, coming boldly, coming honestly, reading the word, and fasting as well. So the first one, um, one, believe. Somebody say believe. Believe. Yes, we've got to believe. Um, David, in Psalm 27, verse 13 and 14, he said, I would have fainted. I would have given up. I would have lost hope unless I believed. That I, to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. David, and he can, uh, he, you know, most of the Psalms is attributed to David. He was king. He's called the apple of God's eye. Um, Jesus says he's the root and the offspring of David. And so David in the Bible has, has a great, um, great significance. And he's saying, I would have given up. As, as we read about the battles and, and what a mighty warrior he was, he said, I would have given up unless I believed. And so if it's, good for, if it's important for David, and he needs to recognize the importance of, I need to believe God, then it is also important for us as well. We have to, it's a choice, we say, that we have to have, that we have to make. And so Psalm 27 says, I would have fainted or lost heart or given up unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Another, I, I pause here again because we think of how we will be blessed 
you know, this, when Jesus returns and he takes us, we go to heaven and, you know, there's no more tears. We say there's no more sorrow or whatever. But David said, I had to believe I would see God right here, right now in the land of the living where people, I know what's coming in the future, but I had to believe God right here that I would be blessed. And then he encourages us. He says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Has anybody ever had to wait on something to happen? You believe it's coming, but you have to wait for it. And it's the same thing when we are waiting on God to do things in our family situations. We might be aware of relationships. That, Lord, I need you to heal that thing. That's, that can't go on like that. And we're waiting and waiting. And so David encourages us to wait on the Lord and be of good courage. So we have to make the choice to believe God. Again, somebody say believe. Believe you, God. Believe God. I believe you. Um, nobody wants to come so far in a race and, and give up and faint, right? And so we have to believe God. Believe what He promised. We don't want to believe in our own power. Um, and the angel had said in another in the book of Zechariah, the angel said to Zerubbabel, "It's not by our might, it's not by our power, but by my spirit. By the, by God's spirit is how we overcome." And so we believe not in that I can do this, I think I can do this by myself, but we want to believe in God's power that he will um, see us through. Um, there is another verse in the scripture that says, fear has torment. And so if we're not going to believe, then we can get scared, like, oh my God, is he going to do it? What's going to happen? The sky is falling. Fear has torment. There, it, was, it will take away our sleep and other things. And so we want to trust in God that what he says he will do, he will do. Um, there's a scripture that says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. We want to believe in his power. Believe that he loves us. This is what we believe. Believe that he died for us. Hallelujah. Believe that he can save us, that he can deliver us, that he has great plans for you. Somebody say, for me. For me. He has great plans for you and for me. Um, and that he's a good father. He's not weak. He's not forgetful. He won't forget, you know, doesn't forget your birthday and things like that. He's a good father, and he has good thoughts in life for us. We want to believe that because that's what his word tells us. And believe that he never fails. If you've been let down by a person or a situation or a circumstance, can you just raise your hand? If you've ever been let down, right. And so we have that experience with people, but that's not our God. We cannot see God, the way we see people, he's greater. We were just thinking, God, you are higher than any other. And so he never fails. He never lets us down. He never forgets an appointment or anything like that. We want to believe. The second thing is pray. Somebody say pray. 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 And don't stop. In Luke 18, um, verse 1, it says, Jesus said to his, those who were with him, men ought always to pray and not faint. And the parable that Jesus gave, the example that he gave to his disciples at that time was of a woman who really, really needed something. And she kept going to this judge for what she needed. She did visit him once and said, I hope he remembers that I was there last week. She kept coming. And, the, and, and Jesus said how the judge, he, he gave her what she wanted because she was she kept coming. And so that was, that was like... You know, God was giving us tools. You know, it's like there's going to be a test, and this is the answer. Pray and keep coming. Don't just pray once and stop. But we pray and believe, and we continue to come. And this is Jesus saying, telling, telling the disciples, okay, this woman, 
She came and she came again. That's he's telling us, I want you to come back to me again. Our, our situations are designed often to get us in the face of God. When, you know, sometimes we can do things on our own power. Um, if, you're, if you have a test, you don't do as well. Okay, I should go to a tutor, get you in the face of a tutor. Some things we think we can handle. Oh, this is too hard. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna take this to God. We should take everything to God. But those challenges, especially, He means for us to keep coming to bring them to Him to help grow our relationship um, with Him so we will know His love for us. And He will know you asked me for this and I did this for you. And um, so He wants us to continue to pray. And he says that the uh, Jesus told the story, and he says, "And shall not God avenge his only left, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with him? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth?" So Jesus is telling his followers, "You need to keep coming." And he says, "The Lord that you're praying to, you're, I'm going to come. But when I come, am I going to find you believing, or will you have given up?" Because, you know, when you have stopped them. So he says, men are always to pray. So you don't give up. Lord, I know you hear me. And it's not the vain repetition. It's not like, I'm going to say this this way four times and you're going to do it. No, it's because, Lord, I know you hear me. You're my father. And this is this is on my heart. I'm, I'm giving you what's on my heart. I'm casting this care before you. I was in your presence yesterday. And you blessed me to feel good. This thing is coming back to bother me again today. Lord, I'm giving it to you again. Lord, I need to see you in this situation, or, or what are you trying to do? Sometimes he's trying to change us. He's trying to change our character. He's going to move, but he needs part of the moving is changing us and changing our character. And in, our, in his presence, we develop that character change. We, oh, I need to have humility, or I need to have more confidence in you, or whatever it is. He's trying to change us. And so there's going to be a test. And the answer is out of Luke 18. Keep coming to God when you need when you need that thing. Keep praying to Him. Um, Paul asked. Paul wrote the book of Galatians. He said to, to the to the church in Galatia. He said, "You did run well. Who hindered you that you should not obey the truth?" And Pastor Tony talked about our character when we think that uh, something is not a threat. He had. Uh, uh, David and Anthony up here last week and talk about sometimes we don't think much of something and so we blow it off. Sometimes the enemy makes us think, oh, that's no big deal. You got that. You can handle that. Or just, just tell her off. Or just tell him off. Or just don't answer that. You know, just deal with it this way. And that thing can come back to destroy us because we have like um, not taken it seriously. But we want to not be hindered by the enemy but bring everything to God in, um, in prayer. Not blow it. Somebody say, pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Pray, pray, pray. Amen. You cannot save yourself. Um, we have to pray for ourselves and pray for our situations. So that's how we build trust. I'm coming to you again. And we don't want God to move and we forgot that we asked him for something. So, Lord, I'm coming to you again. I'm going to bless you when I see you do it. And that builds our relationship with him. It builds our trust in him as we continue to come to him. He's not, um, he's not tired of hearing from us. You know, we often think of a father who, you know, loves when his children come. In our broken world, sometimes fathers don't love when their children come. That's just where that is. But our Heavenly Father is never tired of seeing us come. Hallelujah. He is never tired. Whatever day, night, afternoon, you're walking across campus to school, to a class. You're walking to the supermarket. You're going wherever you need to go. Walking into work. And you can be praying to God. And he is 
please to hear us. Um, number three says, come boldly. Somebody say, come boldly. Come boldly to our Father. This is how we build our trust. If we're scared to come to our Father, then we totally aren't going to. If we're scared to even be in His presence, how much more are we going to trust Him, right? But Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly, not arrogantly. This boldly is with confidence. Um, with confidence, not arrogance, not being rude, not, yo, God, what's up? But no, it's coming boldly because of confidence, like, you're my father, you love me, you want to hear from me, it's okay that I bring my cares to you, you're big enough to handle them, you come boldly with that confidence, it says, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You can approach God. Um, when Jesus died on the cross, the scriptures tell us how the veil was the veil was torn in two. That veil represented a place where only the holiest people could go to get into the presence of God. Once um, before Jesus' death, only there would be a high priest who would go behind a behind a veil, like into the holiest place to, to meet God and to pray to God on behalf of everyone else. And no one else could go to that special inner place to get to God. When Jesus died on the cross, that veil was torn in two because God wants all of us to come into that holy, sacred, deep place with him. He wants deep connection with all of us. We don't have to say, Pastor Tony, would you please pray for me? And that's it. But he wants us to come and come to him ourselves in prayer. And we thank God for that. So we can come boldly to the throne of grace because that's what that's what he wants uh, from us. He wants to hear from us. Look at somebody and say, God wants to hear from you. God wants to hear from you. Thank you, Zelda. <laughs> All right. The fourth, the fourth thing is be honest. Somebody say, be honest. Be honest. Sometimes, um, you want to go to somebody and you have to, you need a break. Maybe you're paying a bill late, for example, and you want, maybe you don't want your phone disconnected or you don't want your lights turned off or something. You don't want your, I don't know, whatever it is. But, um, and so you're telling them and you're like, um, I'm a little short this month. Could you help me out? Could you wait? You know, some things have happened and uh, I, uh, I don't have what I need. You don't tell them, you're not honest to say, well, you know, there was this amazing sale going on at Macy's, <laughs> and you know, I wanted to be in style, and I these, whatever the new Air Jordan that dropped, as they say, you know, I want, you know, you don't tell that whole thing, but you're, you're trying to tell them a little bit to, um, to try to get that mercy. But I am inspired by the man in our story that we read, and how, how honest he was. In Mark uh, chapter nine, where we took our text from, um, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible if you believe. And he said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He was confessing, I believe you, but there are some areas that I've got doubts. And so we can come honestly to our Father. I'm telling you, we've got a Father like, like we just can't imagine, right? Somebody else would say, what do you mean you doubt? What do you mean you have disbelief? What do you mean, right? But God is like, no. And so the fact that we have this scripture with us that God inspired man to write, telling of Jesus' experience with this man, who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And he's standing in Jesus, who was God in the form of man, tells us that I can, we can come just as we are. We can be honest 
Lord, I'm not feeling. I know your word says this. I know you've given us two sermons in a row about trusting you, but I'm having a hard time because of. We can be honest. He can meet us right where we are. We won't hurt his feelings, uh, but he will make us. He recognizes that, you know, we are, we're made of dust. He recognizes that we're in a fallen state. And he also, Jesus also recognizes all the things around us that um, can cause us to doubt if we don't like, get into his word. There are many things that mess with our faith. And so we can be honest. The Father said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Um, Jesus already knows that the opposite of trust is, is doubt. He already knows that the opposite of trust is mistrust. He already knows the opposite of trust is skepticism. Like, are you going to do this? Yes, I know you can, but will you? Right? And so maybe that's where that father was. And so we can be honest with where we are. Father, I know what you did for my parents. I, I've heard the story. I've read the gospel. Um, it doesn't seem like you can move in this day because of whatever it is. Uh, politics, the, the weather, whatever it is. It doesn't seem like you can move, God, but I believe. Help my unbelief. I don't want to doubt you. We don't want to doubt God's power. We want to fully trust in his power and in his love for us. Um, and then I, um, and Jesus asked, Jesus asked, and I, had, I want to go back to that passage. Jesus says, how long has this been happening to him? And the father said, from childhood. And often he has thrown them both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But then Jesus um, rebuked that spirit. And we praise God for the miracle. That was a miracle. Where Jesus said, death, he said, uh, death and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. And the spirit cried out, convulsed, and came out of him. And we praise God for that miracle. But I was wondering, what was the father's unbelief about? Did he know? Had, was it because he had been doing it so long on his own? If you have a child who's throwing themselves in a fire, and throw themselves in the water, you probably had to change your life so that you can always be there to take care of that thing. And so you can, you know, be in the habit of always, you know, making sure you put out all the fires and douse the fires with enough water because your son might run in and try to burn himself. Or you kind of cover all the waters and if there's a well, you make sure it's covered and, and secured because your child might try to drown himself. This is what he was living with. He may have had a community that had to wrap themselves around this boy so that everybody puts their fires out. And nobody leaves their water open because this boy, the spirit, would convulse this boy and lead it into water and into fire, trying to destroy it, trying to destroy the boy. And so could his disbelief have been because he was struggling so long to deal with the situations um, and he'd gotten used to it and people had come, even the disciples of Jesus had come and could not um, deliver this boy from this evil spirit. And so was he, had he come to a place where, you know what, this is what my life is like, I'm going to be taking care of my son forever, he's not going to take care of me, I'm always going to be um, needing to keep him safe. Was that his, was that why he'd become this, you know, had, had disbelief? He believed, but there was also disbelief of where had that come from? Um, was it that nothing he tried was able to separate the spirit from his son? Had he given up? Um, we can be honest. This is the point. Be honest with God where we are. And if we don't know where the disbelief is coming from, ask him to show us. It doesn't say why the father had disbelief. It just says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. We don't know where that's coming from. It can be because, you know, Lord, I, I prayed for this person and they passed away anyway. Right? Right? That could be where the disbelief is coming from. Where I prayed for this to happen. I prayed for this amount of money and I didn't get it. So now, Lord, help my unbelief. 
But maybe we have doubt and we don't know, like, Lord, why, why can't I just fully trust God to handle this? Why can't I plan people, you know, come to me, I'm class of 2020, whatever, and I'll be graduating. Why can't, you know, what's the doubt coming from? We can ask God, well, show me, why am I doubting you? You've done stuff before. Why am I, why am I hemming and hawing and worrying over this one? And he will show it to us and we can, and we can cast that care upon him because he cares for us. He loves all of us. Um, and then there is the um, and then the and then there is the fifth way is about reading the word um, to build our faith. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This is Psalms one oh nine verse one oh five. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What are we reading? What are we reading for direction? Uh, wonderful things come off of TikTok. Are we reading TikTok for life direction? Wonderful things come out of Google. I Google all the time, but am I looking to Google for my life, for my hope, for my strength? What are we reading? Great things come out of Instagram, tons of inspirational messages. I love to love them, like them, like them, like them, but I need the word of God. David, David, that amazing servant of God, that king, he says, thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And somebody as experienced as David, we might think, well, he's got all the answers, right? He's just wise. He's done. He's killed these perfect people, and he's brought victory to the, you know, to the name of God over and over again. Surely he's good. But David himself says, "Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path." What are we reading? We want to read the Word of God to increase our faith and increase our trust in him. The book of John is a wonderful book to read. Some of the chapters, verses are, some of the chapters are long. It might be like 40 something verses or 60 something verses. It can be a lot. So reading half a chapter a day can build our trust of who we talk about. Who are they telling us to trust in? If you don't know who he is and know his character, it's harder to trust him. But if we read the read his word, his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Oh, this is how I deal with that situation. Oh, this is how Jesus dealt with this situation. Okay, so I can believe him for this. This is the character of God. And as we read the word of God, uh, we can see um, what God is able to do. And when you know uh, like uh, my our son Aaron is an amazing cook, so I know pretty much if he walks in the kitchen and he wants to cook, I've, I've tasted enough of his food. Ninety nine point nine 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 percent time, it's gonna be awesome. I know that because I know how he cooks. He can sleep. Do I be It's not your fault. It would never be your fault. The oven was too hot. Or but I'm telling. You, so I know him. I know how he cooks. I know it's gonna be good. If he had come into my house or. Or he goes into someone else's house. He comes to Mary's parents' house, and he says, "I'd like to cook for you." They're skeptical, like, "I don't know you. You can cook. I don't know. Are you sure? Right? You know." And so, if we don't know the Word of God, we don't know our Father. It's hard to believe somebody you don't even know. And so, reading His Word, He will open up His Word to you. Say, Lord. I want to trust you the way you want me to trust you, not not like Dr. Sarah said. I want to trust you the way you want me to trust you. And so open your words to me. Help me to have confidence in you because there are storms that are coming our way that make me want to doubt you, right? Lord, I believe. Help like and believe. It's a matter of life and death that we believe. And so we want to read the word of God to learn his power. Um, there's, never, there's never been anyone before like our God. There's never going to be anyone else 
uh, after God. And so we want to know who we are serving and know who we're living for. And the sixth one is fasting. Somebody say fasting. Fasting. Fasting is taboo. My flesh does not like to do it. You know, as I think about me, and I look at these <laughs> six things, yep, I can, I will definitely believe God. I'm good to pray. Yeah, you want to pray? Sure, call me. We can pray together. Um, come boldly. I know my Father, and I know his love for me. I'm going to be like, Lord, we need you. And you, and this is not too big for you. So when I say, God, you are higher, I've got the boldness. I know my God, right? And so the other thing, be honest. I've learned to be honest. I have had those times where I felt like, um, not long ago, like I felt like I need to come correct. Like, I need to... Not be, I can't be honest, right? He, he expects this of me, and so I can't tell him I'm really feeling this way. He expects me to be forgiving, so I can't be honest, but I don't feel I'm forgiving. But I've learned honesty with him. He can. He, I'm not going to shock him. He already knows, right? And so I can be honest. So I can be honest. I can come boldly. I can pray. I will um, read the Word of God. Fasting? Oh. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you mean I can't do something that I want? I'm just being honest with you. Um, and so fasting is something most often is related to giving up food so that you can be more um, in tune to God. And so you give up food, Lord, this is sustenance for me. I need my calories, right? I need my protein. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not eat this breakfast, and I'm going to look to you for strength. I'm going to look to you for spiritual, natural strength. Um, I, I do these different, you know, I eat whatever, um, so I'm confident so I have strength to go. I'm going to not eat so I can grow in boldness from you. I'm going to look to you for the strength that I need. One of the, there's many purposes for fasting, that's one of them. And so we give up something. Some people, who, raise your hand if you ever skip breakfast. Right. So some people can go all day without eating and doesn't hurt them. So it wouldn't be a sacrifice. A fast, what you're giving up is something that is a sacrifice to you. So people are like, I, I don't eat till four o'clock anyway. No big deal, right? But it might be something else like, but I've got to have my phone. Okay, thank you. Okay, so instead of reaching for my phone, um, I'm going to reach for you, Lord God. Speak to me, God. I'm looking to hear something. Let Teach me how to hear your voice, right? or a game, or something, something, whatever it is. Thank you for that wonderful example. And so, giving up that thing. Um, fasting, now you look at uh, this, our story, Jesus told his disciples, this kind goes not out, but by fasting and prayer. Now, this is chapter nine of Mark. Back in chapter six, Jesus had given his disciples power. Um, he's, he wrote, um, ooh, I didn't write the right quote, but in chapter 6, he sent his disciples out to heal the sick, and, to, and he gave them power over unclean spirits, and it says, so they went out and preached that people should repent, and these are the disciples back in chapter 6. Now, chapter 9, they couldn't cast that demon out. But in chapter 6, when he'd send them out, and he'd given them instructions, sent them out two, two by two, it says he's, they went out and preached that people should repent, and they cast out many demons. Back in chapter 6, they cast out many demons. So casting out demons was not a new thing for them when they came on this man's son. And it says, and they anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. 
So these are disciples who were not just getting started with Jesus. They had been moving in the power of God because he gave them power to do it, and they had been doing it. And so when they um, came against this spirit with this voice, I thought, why couldn't we Why couldn't we cast them out? We've been doing it in these other places. And he said, this kind doesn't go out of like prayer and fasting. Interesting. And so when we think we're at that place where, okay, I'm doing this. This works for me. My walk with God is set like this. There are higher heights and deeper depths that God is calling us to so we can be all that he wants us to. So we don't want to be satisfied. And as, and as we come, and sometimes we may be coming against obstacles. Now, this was a particular experience of a different type of an unclean spirit that required fasting. We may have obstacles in our life that are not moving, that we're not getting free from them, or people we want to seek free are not getting free because it takes more than what we're doing. Maybe we are... Um, coming before God honestly, but we're not we're not praying consistently. We pray once and we're done. Or maybe we're not reading the word, or maybe we're not being honest, or maybe we're not fasting. And so God, what are you asking me to do is what we want to be aware of. So, and because when Jesus, and you hear the power that was in God's voice, he said, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you. That was boldness, and that was authority. I command you, come out of him and enter him no more, and that spirit had to obey. And so when we're coming against those obstacles and we're trying to trust God, Lord, is there more I should do um, to be effective? What's going on? And God will show us exactly what he wants us to, what he wants us to see, and he will help us to know what he wants us to know. So we must believe. We must pray. We must come boldly. You can say this with me. We must believe. Pray. Pray. Come, boldly. Come boldly. Be honest. Be honest. Read the word. Read the word. Fast. Fast. And not just for ourselves. I'm so moved by this father who he was just torn to pieces about somebody else. And so we're doing these things not just for ourselves, but God created us as a as a kingdom, as a body of Christ. And maybe you're good. But maybe I'm not. And maybe I need you to do these things so that I can be free, so I can get delivered. Um, he, he's preparing us for ourselves to trust in him and also for someone else. I pray that you have been blessed um, by this word. Let's bow our heads. We're going to pray concerning this word now, right now. Father, we do thank you. Hallelujah. You have come and you have brought life. And you have brought us light, oh God, to see how to move in your way how to trust you. It is so sweet to trust in you. And it is so necessary that we trust in you, O oh God. And so we thank you for the instruction. We receive it. Father, we're honest. You know these parts that, that are going to be hard for us to follow. You know it's going to be easy. So we come before you, Father. Father God, we need you. We cannot please you unless you help us. We cannot walk in your power and authority unless you help us. And so we stand before you, we sit before you, we kneel before you, we lie before you, oh God, asking you for your help to bless us, oh God. Let this word be um, hidden in our hearts, oh God, that when situations come, we will remember how to build our trust in you. God, we want to believe you. You've never failed. Your record is impeccable. You are more than trustworthy, oh God. And so we want to trust you with everything we have. We don't want to doubt you. Forgive us where we have doubted you, Jesus. Forgive us where we were skeptical. We, we mistrusted your goodness. We mistrusted your love. Father, purify our hearts. Help us 
to believe. God, we believe. Help our unbelief, Jesus. We want to trust you. We don't want to die. We don't want others around us dying, missing opportunities, missing our experiences because, because we're not trusting you on their behalf. So help us, oh God, to be all that we can be for you, for your kingdom, that our brothers and sisters will grow and we will grow too. We will flourish in the kingdom of God. We thank you for that. You are our light. Thank you for shining your light through us, not just for us to be looking great, but for you to get all the glory. We magnify you, oh God. We pray that all that we do as we grow and as we trust in you, that we will do all things to magnify your holy and righteous name. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We thank God. If you thank God for this word, give him a hand for his word. We have definitely heard from heaven today. And this is one of those messages that you can take back with you and definitely apply to your life because it's easy enough, especially whether you are new in Christ or you are seasoned, it's simple. You pray, you come boldly, you come honestly. You fast. When you got those big things coming into your life that you're like, God, I need that extra boost. I need that super boost. I need that times two power up. We fast so we can go forward in what we have. We thank God for the word today. So, as we always do, it is offering time, saints. Um, here we go. So, everybody online, uh, we have our cashers right here. Dallas on Impact Fellowship. Everyone on campus, David is in the back with the basket. All money is collected on campus will stay on campus. They'll be used for different activities, events, whatever we may have going on for the semester. Uh, if you go forward, uh, also, we'd like to hear from you some more. Uh, you may write us, go to PO Box 154, or you can email us. Uh, Pastor Tony does check these emails, as well as Dr. Sarah, and they will go through them, they will answer them, and they will get back to you, whether you have something specific that you want, or you just have just random, uh, not random, but just direct questions that you'd like to ask. Also, we have our social medias. Please, please, please follow us, look for us, and you can share this word with your friends who may not be able to get up on time or just don't really come to church, you can send them these messages from our Instagram, our, what do we Yes. Anchor.fm or Spotify. We post these links um, weekly. So you will have the messages from that Sunday during the week, at whatever point, whichever form of media applies to you the most. All right? All right. I lie. One more thing. Women of Faith. Uh, Dr. Sarah will be speaking at this event. Um, it is for all young women in Christ who would like to grow and connect with those who are like them. So if you would please take this address down and we will be taking in any type of sign-ups. And you can see either Dr. Sarah or myself uh, and we can coordinate rides so that you may be able to get there. All right, anything else? All right, all hearts want to clear. Stand with me, people. With uplifted hands. Father God, we thank you, Lord God, for this day, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for this message. We thank you, Lord, for this rejuvenation to get us started for this week. Lord God, as we are ready and we are willing, we are accepting of everything that you will have for us. Now, with the grace of God, the love of the Spirit, Lord God, let us all come together, Lord God. In your name we pray. Amen. And as we say here at Impact, have a great week in God on purpose. God bless you. Trust in the Lord. It's a matter of life and death. See, life is going to come to us.
in many different ways. And we have to believe in God and trust in God to keep us on the right path. Pastor Tony gave us six ways that we can trust in the Lord. They were believe, praying, coming boldly, coming honestly, reading the word, and fasting. Following these steps will ensure that we will be taken care of in our spiritual journey as we walk this earth. As we say here at Impact, have a great week in God on purpose.